in a world filled with intergalactic space battles. Metahuman destruction on a global scale. And psychopathic serial hauntings. There's only one team who can make sense of it all. When your world is overrun with rampant pop culture, call Luminary Guardians of Geek. <laughs> well, it's been a while since we've been here, so we had to oh my God. hold it up again. You know, why, why wouldn't we? Because this is what we I, do now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's what we do. I'm Loop. And I'm Larry. And this is Guardians of Geek. And yeah, it's been since uh, the Oscar podcast was the last yep. podcast we've done. Yeah, we really got to put our lives together so we oh, prioritize oh the podcast. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, it got really busy really quickly, I found, like after that. Like, it's just regular things going on in life, and all of a sudden it's like super busy. So, um, yeah. I'm glad that we were able to get summer's, back together. Summer's coming up. Things will slow down a little bit. You know, pod, we'll go back to podcasting 100% of the time. Don't worry. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> we'll get her done. We'll get her done. <laughs> so, uh, so we're coming up a long weekend. And uh, Doctor Strange, I think the first big summer movie of the year, uh, was number one at the box office. Again, uh, it's made over $800,000 uh, worldwide yes. so far. Um, so you right, saw it. I've million. Eight hundred million. million. Sorry, a million, not just a hundred. Yeah, eight hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> it's made just under a thousand bucks. <laughs> I'm not good with numbers. Let's put not it that so way. Much, no. uh, <laughs> so I've seen it twice, and you've seen yeah. it once. So what? What yes. are your just general thoughts of this movie? I loved this movie. I thought yeah. it was amazing, and part of what I loved about it was that it was a. It was a. It felt to me like a quite a departure from the normal uh, uh, Marvel type movies. Like it, it felt very Marvel. Like it felt almost sort of Guardians of the Galaxy kind of Marvel. But then the horror elements, like the Sam Raimi stuff just yeah. for me. Like there were so many, like you could, if you know Sam Raimi's work is Evil Dead and, and all of the horror history, um, you could totally see it coming through in this. Like there were, there were scenes that looked like they were pulled right from the original Evil Dead, and it just it felt so nostalgic that way. But uh, I just I just thought it was a great. It was so much fun. How about yeah, you, I loved you? it. Like the um, the whole scene with um, Doctor Strange when he he's the the zombie and he has yes. all those demons as a cloak. Like that is so Sam Raimi. Like it just looks yeah. it just looks so cool. Uh, yeah. I love this movie. I thought it was great. I mean the the bar gets set higher for these Marvel movies on each one that comes out. And the uh, Spider-Man uh, one with Doctor Strange in it was pretty high. And then this one I thought was as good, if not surpassed it. There was so much happening. I had to see it twice. Like I couldn't take it all in in one viewing, but I, I'm, I'm a little afraid the bar is going to get a little high. And the only other thing I'm afraid of is it's, it's a little confusing. Like it's getting a little with the multiverse stuff. It's, it's, it's getting a little bit out there, but, um, but still, I think it, it's awesome. Yeah, this phase is is really interesting because like the original first 22 movies, the <laughs> first 22 movies, whatever it was, <laughs> oh were pretty straightforward. Like, I mean, they were really, like, like grounded in like Earth. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, there was obviously aliens, guardians and things like that. But they but like the the heroes were, you know, the your, your Iron Man, your Hulk and all sort of new york based <laughs> yeah you know what I mean? but now it feels like they're really moving into outer space and interdimensions and it really is a totally different feel uh for this phase of marvel which is kind of cool i mean you don't want to get stale and have every movie take place in new york city um, yeah. but yeah it is you really do have to start paying attention now and the fact that like this one really played off of um wandavision like if you didn't if you hadn't seen wandavision no. this would be tough movie to understand like yeah. this was this one who really needed to watch the tv side of it like in the first phases you had to watch each of the movies in the theater or at home or wherever but now you actually have to pay attention to what's going on on disney plus in order to understand the movie in the theater <laughs> yeah so. it's just so layered with everything going on and there's a lot of characters now like i mean they've introduced a few characters in this movie like america chavez and stuff but the uh um, who is actually one of the young Avengers. So that's all coming together with Kate Bishop and everything from the other shows. So like, and, and even um, Wanda's kids are in, in oh. young Avengers as well. Um, yeah. So 
it just keeps layering and layering. And I'm like, oh my God, how many characters are there going to be like in these movies? Like it just keeps going and going. So I don't know. This was great. I loved it. I just, it's a great, like, it's a kind of movie you have to see at the theater to me. Like it's, it's just so big. It's just such a big film. So I saw it in 3D and I saw it in 2D. So, so what was your, I, I would really like to see it in 3D. Was it, what was that like? I thought 3D was dead. I didn't realize it was still a thing. <laughs> so, yeah. And so I, I was surprised when it was like when I had, went to go and it was that was my only option was 3D. So um, it was fine. I, I find if you have glasses, it's not a great experience. Oh, like, you know what I mean? Because you have to put them over your glasses and this is kind of weird. Like, I mean, yeah. need flip downs for the <laughs> 3D flip downs. Is that a thing? Clip-ons. Yeah, little clip-ons you can put on there. I don't know. It's like, but uh, no, it was cool. It was good. I liked it. Uh, they, but it looked cool in 3D. Like it, it did. Like there was some cool stuff, but um, I enjoyed it as much in 2D. It didn't really okay. matter. Um, the one thing I wanted to ask you about, because you're a much bigger Marvel fan than I am, and you go way deeper into the comics and the characters and stuff. I'm noticing now with this phase of Marvel that they're starting to uh, intro- not, not even introduce, but have a lot of background characters who are obviously like for people who know they're obviously like characters you'd be like oh there's that dude yeah. there because they like focus on them or they're like like for example in Do- in the doctor strange movie there was a character who was who had the head of a bull and had had horns but he didn't really play a part he was just sort of a background character who they focused on obviously he's somebody but not being like a big marvel person and the comics i didn't know who it was but i can imagine for somebody like you you'd be like oh there's bullhead yeah <laughs> bullhead i wasn't sure who that was supposed to be to be honest like oh, in really? in the comic um there's like a bull that helps bring up um scarlet witch and quicksilver so okay. I, I thought maybe they're trying to bring that all together i wasn't sure that bull character was what oh. what i freaked out was was in the illuminati like i right. completely lost my mind because number <laughs> one like they had the uh uh, Mr. Fantastic was in it. Um, they yes. brought back uh, uh, with the music as well, um, Professor X. Like I love yes. when they had that music from the from the '97 cartoon, which I just finished yeah. watching, which is really oh. cool. So um, that was cool. And uh, the thing I was, I laughed the most at was Black Bolt because it was the same actor that's on the series when they did the Inhumans. Oh like, really? Yeah. So they, that's the same guy. And it was it was I think it's Anson something. He's on the new Star Trek um brave new worlds i think it's oh, called okay. or i yeah, think yeah. that's what it is but um anyways he's in that show and uh he plays captain pike but he uh i was like i'm like is that the same guy and then i'm like oh my god it is it's the same guy from the humans and that show bombed like the humans completely bombed but it's the same yeah. guy playing black bolt in both and i'm is like that, this the that attention to detail is like it was awesome i thought that was amazing that's what's so cool about marvel is they do little things like that like in um in uh, Endgame when they were at Tony Stark's funeral and and they panned around and they brought back that kid from Iron Man 3 who people had totally forgotten about but they brought back the exact same actor now he's an adult just to be in that scene and you're like that's just awesome like that's yeah. sort of no mention so cool. to, he doesn't say anything he's just no. there like <laughs> yeah and for people who pay attention you're like oh my gosh that's that's yeah. the things that make those movies so good is just yeah it, th- that was that whole scene was like so cool like it just had so many characters and and then the fact they brought back captain carter from what if and and everything else like it was just so well done it was so well done i'm like oh my god this is it just layered and layered with like little little tidbits and like things i was like oh it's great and again you had to have watched what if to understand the backstory of captain carter like or even like know she existed like and really and really get into it like Like, they really do reward you for for watching <laughs> yeah it's, it's cool the fact that like monica rambo's mom was actually uh captain marvel like that was so cool like just yeah. it was just so well done but when patrick i knew patrick Stewart was going to be in it and i knew he was going to be playing him but when you actually see him and he's in the in the yellow like yes. um, vehicle that he, he, yeah that he has from the from the cartoon i was like oh my god this is so good yeah. so good yeah. yeah it was a winner 100 yeah, that was it was awesome so yeah. so other than than that there's been a lot of other like like, I can't believe how much TV there is and how much TV is coming back. And yes. like the list is like, I, I forgot the other day they're doing like a Lord of the Rings show. Like I I, I remember yeah. the trailer, but then I just got reminded again the other day. I'm like, oh my God. And a, like, a, a Game of Thrones. Like, yes. it's like, like this is so- going to be the geek. This is going to be the geekiest year for television uh, that we've had in a long time. Like we've got Stranger Things. We've got all of these shows that have been pushed 
like that were supposed to sort of come back over, you know, the last couple of years, but with the pandemic and whatever, they've been delayed. Everything is now, it's like they, they're dumping the bucket <laughs> of, of shows and oh, yeah. getting everything all at once. It's awesome. And don't forget the new Avatar. Oh, no, no. Okay. That, nothing annoyed me more than, than having that avatar i cannot stand avatar i just I don't you, you really don't i, like I, I don't know what it is about it. i just think it's like it like it, the first movie like looked good like it was like the first time they had done that type of 3d you know that was cool but the story was terrible those characters yeah. are terrible looking like it's just i don't it's just nothing about it appeals to me but i watched that that trailer and i'm like yeah <laughs> what about Sigourney Weaver smoking? Aren't you looking forward to seeing that? <laughs> I'm in. Okay, good. So, so uh, TV side, what are what are uh, are we watching right now? And I got, I'm I'm gonna go out and say this is, might be my favorite show of the year so far. Is okay, Severance? Girl. This is this is what I'm hearing. I've only watched the first episode, so so give us your take on it, but don't spoil anything because I guess spoil. It's just, it's so the prisoner meets David Lynch meets lost. That's how I, I describe it. Like, it's just such an odd looking, like it's so cool looking show. Like the, the style so cool. And then yeah. on top of that, just, it's one of those shows where the characters are kind of like stilted. Like there's something about them. You just don't like, they, no one talks in a regular sort of pattern that you would normally talk in. Yeah. And it's just, it's just so good. And there's just so many questions that need to be answered like you, right. as the show goes on you're like what's going on and what's happening and and who's doing what and it's it, there's just it's so good it's so good so okay it, without giving get, without giving any spoilers because i I'm, i am watching and i haven't watched the end we have a a, 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 a joint friend her name is nora and yep. she posted after she finished watching severance that this was the first show she had ever watched where she wanted to scream and yell at the tv during at the end of the finale now, don't tell me what the, what happens, but did you feel like that too? Like, yeah, the, the, finale, the finale answers a lot of questions, but then it, it adds a lot of like questions. So it's, okay. uh, but there's some stuff you're like, was it, was it good? Was it, was it a good finale? Oh finale? my God. It's this series. If you like, you've got to watch this series. Like it's just yeah. the first couple episodes, you're like, what is going on? It's hard to, cause it's so weird. You're trying to figure out how, how it all places. But as it goes on, you start to like figure little tiny things out and then you're, but it's still, there's so many questions, but it's so cool. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's so good. Right. And just the style of it is so cool. That's what I love about it. Like it's so stark white at times. Yeah. And then like when they're, when they're working and it's just, it's so good. It's so good. All right. Well, I'll, I'll go the exact opposite route with okay. the show. That <laughs> oh I, no. That I, that I was watching. <laughs> this is the first show in a very long time that I couldn't, finish and not because i didn't want to like um let's say the dark crystal because i yes. did want to finish that one <laughs> but i still haven't but this one i did not i just couldn't finish okay. and i was and it's too bad because i was really looking forward to it it was mike myers return to comedy in his uh so i married an axe murderer spin-off show called the pentaveric <laughs> and i was like this is this is going to be hilarious because I love so you so you married an axe murder murderer. I think I think it's still a really funny movie, and some of the funniest stuff in that movie is when he's with his his father, who he plays himself, who's yep. a Scottish guy who totally firmly believes that the world is run by the Pentaveret, these five individuals who run the whole world, and and it's such a funny scene in the in the movie, the original movie. So I thought this is going to be really funny. It is so bad. <laughs> I know. And I'm going to watch the whole thing. Cause they're only about half hour episodes. I think there's six. Yeah. I've watched the first one and there has been, if you're Canadian, there's some, yes. there, there are some like semi funny Canadian references, but the, the problem is there's a lot of Canadian references that are like, just they're already beaten to the ground at, at, yes. in comedy. Like, and yeah. I'm like, it's, I don't know if he's doing that for the, an American audience but I, don't know, it, but I feel like even, even American audiences would have heard those same jokes a thousand times already like there's yeah so this is my problem with it is that the whole show feels dated like all it does of, first of all first of all it's mike myers playing like eight different characters yeah which he's done he did in austin powers he did in so i married an axe murder like he's done that yeah like, I, I, but on top of that none of them are funny so go none on of are, <laughs> none of them are good and all of the jokes and the way he delivers the jokes are exactly the same way he delivered them in the 90s with uh, with Austin Powers and all of his stuff that he did, like I even went back and rewatched um, 
uh, Wayne's World. And he, it was the same sort of delivery back in the 90s, which was new and fresh and made it made all those movies fun. But it's exactly the same now. So it just feels like way out of date. Like it, this is not the kind of comedy that is acceptable now. Do you know what I mean? Like that <laughs> is funny now. Yeah. I'm like, did you forget to move on? <laughs> I, I think the, I think the basis of a of a show like that for him, um, the the thing is, some of the characters are are like he he does a good job at making all the characters seem different. Yes. Um, yes. And I love the idea of it. Like, and the look of it's actually pretty cool. Like, it's it got is. this sort of culty, like, like uh, Illuminati sort of feel to it, which is kind of yeah. cool. Um, like, so there's some elements of it I do like. I, I like the idea of uh, like the reporter trying to you know, this is the story he's going to latch on to. And, yeah. there's, and there are some funny kind of funny Canadian sort of references for us. Um, yeah. The problem with this movie is with an Austin Powers, Austin Powers and Dr. Evil are funny characters. Yes. So the other ones may not like are kind of one note, but but they they elevate because those two characters are so funny. This yeah. There's not a, a character that's really super funny to latch on to. No. And I think that's part of the problem. Like the... Like the reporter's almost a little bit sad, <laughs> like yes. it's like in a way, and but it's it, he's not funny like an Austin Powers is, and it's it's it just missing something there. Like it's there's there's something just not in it that needs to be in it. Like I like um is it Keegan Michael Key? Is that the yes? Yeah. Like he like he in the first episode he's pretty good. Like he, he yeah. like um I think they need a few more comedians to kind of fill out some of those roles. Yeah, and like and, and just better writing, like. It's just yeah, like I, the, the acting, like you said, the acting's not bad. The portrayal of the characters isn't bad, but it's just the material is just old. It just feels like it feels old. Yeah, it's yeah. just really weird. It's uh, a, like the story's kind of cool, but it, yeah, it yeah. just kind of feels like in some of the stuff. There, there was a couple of lines I thought were kind of funny and a couple of references, but um, yeah. like there's, there's, a, there's I'll, this isn't the first episode, but there's this whole thing where he's like Canadians see the state's a little clearer like that's yeah. his sort of idea and i understand what he's saying like everything seems bigger in the states and, and brighter for us yeah. um as canadians but so he shoots all the stuff in canada in like in standard yeah, four by three yeah like yeah and better, like like square like old-fashioned yeah. tv yeah and and it's a little bit grainy looking and as soon as he yeah. goes to the states because it's kind of making fun of the quality of some of the stuff that we would produce versus the American stuff, like based yeah. on our budgets and things. And then as yeah. soon as they go across the border, it goes into like letterbox and it looks yeah, all like, beautiful. And I thought that's kind of an idea, but it, it's a lot of, it's a lot to get to that one joke. Like, yes. you know what I mean? Like it was just sort of like, a, like <laughs> we had to, we had to sit and watch a standard look for like the whole show till we finally got to a, a like a letterbox, like proper yeah. looking show. Um, well, I don't and, know. And part of part of the problem with that is that it bugged me that we that every time they'd cut back to the until we found out what the gag was, every time they cut yeah. back to the reporter, it was square and, and it made it look like it was being shot in the 70s or 80s. But then they'd cut to the pentaveret and it'd be full screen. And I'm like, so what time period is this? Yeah, like, that's the problem. Cause when he had it in that 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 section, it, it looked like it was supposed to be in the 80s. And I'm like, oh, yeah. and the way he's dressed too as as the reporter looks yeah. very 80s. I know he's a little bit out of date because he's he's been he's been at, in news for so long. But yeah. I was like, oh, this must be in the 80s. But then she grabs a cell phone at one point. And I'm like, no, that's not in the 80s. This is no. like now. So I that yeah. was a very that kind of confused me more than anything. It, 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 it was it, it was not, yeah, it just wasn't. It by the time like the gag didn't pay off. It didn't make you go, yeah. oh, I see what it because you were so annoyed by it up to that point. It was just like, really, that's that was why you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, there, yeah, I think he like I don't mind him playing multiple characters. No. Just focus on two or three, and then yeah. use other actors and comedians that we know, even if they're Canadian, like to to play. Like he plays that guy that that drives them. He's kind of like a bit of a stoner. He's yeah. like sort of into conspiracies and things. Um, yeah. that could have been like anybody else <laughs> like you know yes. what i mean and it, it yeah. just like i just feel like they're use the strengths of other people that are like other canadians that are good actors and, and funny comedians that we know that like that would have been a great seth rogan character yes you know what i yeah. mean like that would it would have fit yeah. as his brand it would have been funny but um yeah. yeah just i think it was just a little too much mike myers like and it, spread too thin yeah it totally felt like the mike myers show like it felt like I want to do a show and I want to be starring in it and I want to be all like everybody. And this is my show. And it's, do you know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah. It just felt a little bit ego, ego centered. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Mike Myers and, and it's oh, like, yeah. I, I, I applaud him for trying something like this. Like it's, it, it does look great. Like it looks yeah. cool, but I just, I, I feel like it's a, it's a little, it does feel dated and I don't know what it is. Yeah, I just, I can't, I haven't seen the whole series. Maybe this, the rest of the series is brilliant. I'll, 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 I'll finish it just so I can, yeah. can watch it. And then I, I can mean, have it as my worst show of the year when it comes to the yeah, end of the year. Just so we can agree on it, that. It'll be, it's a contender. Right now, it's after the first episode, it's a bit of a contender. I'm not saying, yeah. but. Uh, <laughs> I've, I'm two episodes in and it's still, it's still, it's still there for me. So yeah, eventually, but I'll, I'll definitely do so severance before I finish the pentaverid. <laughs> yeah. I, I just have one more. I'm just, I'm not going to review it or anything. I'm just going to throw it yeah. in there. It's the kids in the hall series. They're new. Oh yeah. I haven't watched that yet. They're new. It's great. If you, if you like yeah. kids in the hall, it's, I loved it. I thought it was, it's, yeah. it's fantastic. It's, awesome. it's so fun to watch them back again together, but that's, that's all I'm going to say about it. But if you're, if you're a fan of sketch and uh, there's also on there as well, a documentary on a two-part documentary on the kids in the hall as well. Like um, the original, so you, like the, like the original kids, like the, the history. Of it, them? it follows them from like uh, right up into the new show. Oh, so it follows nice. them from like when they were just doing like improv on stages before they were even a, a troop and they're all in it talking about how they all got together and there's and the wow. infighting and, and little other things I had no clue about. Um, yeah. But it goes through their whole history, all five seasons. It goes through their death comes to town and brain candy oh, and how brain candy bombed. And like, it yeah. was like, it's, it's great. It's great. Mike, Mike Myers is in that. That's what made me remind me of it. Oh, okay. Cause he's one of the, the talking heads and it talking about them. And there's footage of him performing, like doing improv with the kids in the hall back before they were oh, anything. So it's, cool. which is really cool. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's really fun. So if you're, if you're so, a fan of kids in the hall at all, it's, it's worth seeing. So what you're saying is there are a lot more shows that we should be watching before we finish the Pentaverit. <laughs> yes. I would yes. put all these other shows first and then yeah. maybe if you have time, maybe. And it's maybe a, fit that in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, speaking of shows, I'm not sure of. Uh, we've yeah. got the pop capacitor coming up. <laughs> awesome. Welcome back to the Pop Capacitor, Loop and Larry. And now we're going to look at a movie that came out in 1981, an animated movie. You can see it right behind Larry right now. It's heavy metal. I don't even know how we picked this. I have no, I have no idea where this well, came okay, from. So, well, here, here's how we picked it. Um, okay. Just a couple of weeks before we're recording this podcast, it was released for the first time in 4K. Oh, okay, uh, that's right. In, in, a, in a beautiful steelbook version, because I'm all about the steelbooks, uh, but in 4K. So there, it, it's getting like a, a new life. So we, so I thought, you know, now's the time to talk about it because the buzz is back out there. People are talking about heavy metal because it's been so long, but now it's, it's <laughs> people, gorgeous. People, people are yeah. talking about it. <laughs> they are on the street. I was walking downtown the other day and all I heard was heavy metal. Did you hear it's out on 4K? <laughs> Just hey. everywhere you look. <laughs> I don't think that ever happened. I don't know. Oh, it might have. I don't know. Okay, well, in your imagination. So heavy heavy metal, 1981. It's based on the heavy metal magazine, uh, which if you didn't, as a kid, all I knew is it had, like, it was like a comic that had nudity. That's all I knew about it. Like, And uh, and it was fantasy sci-fi based. I, I don't think I've ever actually looked at an issue of it. No. Um, I might have flipped through one in a store, but it was, uh, that was sort of the, the thing at the time was like it was so risque as a kid because it was like oh my god this is like there's like nudity in this this comic book like yeah. so it seems so like so uh, so um unobtainable as a kid right like it was almost like a playboy in a way yes. like like so yeah. uh so this came out it budgeted over nine million and it grossed uh five hundred and forty six thousand <laughs> That's a bit of a loss right there. <laughs> Not great. That doesn't no. include home video. That just includes just the, the movie itself. But uh, yeah, I remember at the time it came out. I didn't see it till years later because obviously it was like 10, I think, yeah. when that movie came out. I don't know when I saw it. Maybe it was 13 or 14 or I'm not sure. But well, I remember I remember renting it uh, back in the day when you had to also rent your VHS player. So we rented a VHS player and then that was one of the ones on the shelf. So I think I was probably... 14 or 15 by the time I, I watch it. So yeah. at least, at least four or five years after it came out uh, is when I first saw it. So uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of VH, uh, VHS is that my dad bought one of like one of the first ones of anyone I knew and it was $1,500 
you had to buy a hundred dollar membership at the place in order to rent movies, and you got your first three movies free. Oh, well, it's got three <laughs> movies free for a hundred dollars. God, fifteen hundred dollars in the early eighties is would be equivalent to like three thousand dollars yeah. now. I mean, like it, it was a top loader too, so that top part oh, came up, and you shoved wow. it in, and then slammed yeah. it down. But this was one of those movies that um, I think once kids realized you could rent it, it was like it became a staple because I seem to remember renting it a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I remember at the time, I haven't seen it in years until we decided to do it. Like, it's been a while. So it was uh, it was interesting to rewatch it again with, like, different eyes. Yes. So the Because uh, some things, I, I, I liken it to, like, a Cheech and Chong movie. Like, at the time when I was a kid, Cheech and Chong seems so funny. And I watch yep. it now, and I'm like, eh, it's like, it, the comedy's not that great. I find they're great performers, but the comedy itself is a little little juvenile like you know what i mean yeah, for for now for for nowadays as an adult but at the time i yeah. used to think it was hilarious and i don't even know if i knew what i was laughing at i think i was no. just <laughs> laughing because it was it seemed like it should be funny like so yes. um yeah. that'll be our next pop capacitor every yeah. Cheech and chong movie <laughs> Cheech and chong. <laughs> yeah totally yeah I, I think i mean i think there are a couple of big draws for this movie one of them was the music because it literally has a heavy metal. I mean, I don't know if I'd call it heavy, heavy metal. Like they journey is one of the yeah. uh, songs that plays. So it's not all heavy metal, but it's, it was contemporary, like hard rock kind of, yep. you know, rock and roll, which was cool. Like it was, it's, it's got a really cool soundtrack. And it's funny because now looking back on it, I, I recognize some of the songs, but I have no idea who the artists are. Like there are a couple of artists. I'm like, I don't even know who that is anymore. It's like they had one hit. <laughs> But so there was that. And then the fact that it was an animated movie with with nudity and violence. Yeah, like an adult animated movie, yeah. which is yeah, which was kind of cool. Well, let's go through our hits and misses on this. Uh, and um, it, it is one's a little different because this is actually like sort of an anthology. It's yes. not one like one linear story. It's got like um, like a, a kind of a story, an over, overlapping story that kind of fills in in between all the other sort of mini stories that yeah. have to have something to do with the with the main story. But let's uh, let's just start with our hits and misses. So I'll let you go first and see what you've got. Well, I'll start with the hit because I really I actually really like this movie a lot. So I've got a I've got a few. And for me, one of the biggest hits is how inspirational this movie became to future things. So. Um, right off the top of the movie, there's a scene where uh, a car uh, is floating through space. Like the, an astronaut is up in space and he launches out of his spaceship in a, um, a Dakar. And I can't even remember right now what the what type of car it is. But um, it's like a convertible of some sort. Yeah, it's a convertible, classic convertible. But anyway, and he's floating through space. But that I seem to recall was the inspiration for the MTV. Remember the MTV? Um, astronaut was in a car oh, right, yep. at one point um and then elon musk shot a a car like almost the same kind of car with a with a mannequin of an astronaut into space um in and it's literally floating in space it was the same sort of car uh, but I, like it was quite obviously influenced by this movie so i thought i thought that was kind of cool um i also feel like and i don't i don't have anything backing this up but I feel like the Guardians of the Galaxy movies with the soundtracks that they use, having that 70s kind of rock yeah. and roll um, is very much what this movie feels like. Um, now, I don't know if Guardians, if the original Guardians um, comic books made reference to like rock music from the era. I don't I don't know if you know that. I don't know. But, but it feels like that, like the fact that it's, you know, super cool and in space but the soundtrack is like 70s 80s like hard rock it felt like there might have been some influence there the other influence i thought and now i didn't check this either so the timing might be a little bit off but he-man and she-ra uh the cartoons yep uh, if you look behind me the the character that they have behind me at one point she holds uh a sword up and she essentially, she doesn't say I have the power, but she holds the sword up and it like lightning comes down into the sword and gives her like this strength and ability, very much like what He-Man and She-Ra do. Now, I don't, I can't remember whether He-Man and She-Ra came out before this or after this, but it was, oh, it, was very, it was after this. It was like 84 or something. That's what I thought. So I feel yeah. like that whole holding, holding the sword with the lightning hitting it and giving them the power sort of came from this too. I just feel like, 
a lot of filmmakers sort of looked at this and said, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on here that we should, we should yep. make. Of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, uh, that, that car was a uh, 59 Chevy Corvette. That's right. That's right. That's, yeah. that's what the type of, uh, so, so in the movie, just to give a, a really brief synopsis, the, the, this astronaut that comes from the car has this green orb and this yeah. orb is like this, this evil, um, I care what they call it, but there was a, the a name. It's yeah. Lochnar. The Lochnar. It's the ultimate evil or whatever. And so it, it tells the story to this girl after it kills the astronaut. Yeah. It tells the story to this girl in the house. Um, all these separate stories that are, that you'll see throughout the movie, basically. Yeah. About so, evil, like about, about uh, because this is like the the if this is concentrated pure evil, this ball ball of light, and so yeah, it's yeah telling the story about how all of how it influenced all of these people to do evil. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's essentially what the movie is about. It's not really about heavy metal; it's about this Lochner. <laughs> <laughs> Other than heavy metal is more like the the uh, that's the magazine basically yes. that it was based on. So it's so one of my hits is the soundtrack to this, and we you talked about it earlier. But like Sammy Hagar, Devo, Blue Oyster Cult, Journey, Cheap Trick, Black Sabbath, like it was they they knew what they were doing when they put this together. What they didn't know what they were doing was that they signed it, the music rights to just the movie itself, the theatrical release, and I believe the LP, but they didn't for anything else. So when for mm. for future um, releases of it, they had to renegotiate everything again because the um, kind of like a WKRP kind of oh, there, yeah. there it is. Oh, there it is. <laughs> it kind of got into the same issues music yeah. wise. Um, they that's why the shows took so long to come out because they didn't have the music rights and perpetuity for all these like scenes. So yeah. the CD didn't come out to like 95 for really? this. Yeah. For this, because it just took that long for them to figure out all the music rights. Back in 1981, they still weren't thinking about the home video market because it didn't exist. Yeah. That, really. yeah it wasn't around. So <laughs> yeah. So they uh, wouldn't have even thought to, to do that at the time, but yeah, that makes sense. That's why probably it's taken, I mean, 81, it's taken 40 years for a, like a good version of this to come to uh, to Blu-ray, a 4K version, 40 years it took. <laughs> yeah, and the music was great. I thought it really helped enhance the movie. It gave it kind of a cool factor to the movie. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of times when the music was like, didn't really seem to fit the scene. I yeah. found like it was just sort of played in the background for no reason. Like it didn't really, yeah. like it wasn't, it didn't help like or add anything, but, um, but generally it was used pretty decently and it was like, it sounded great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Um, okay, I'll go into a, a little bit of a miss here. <clears throat> and this is going to sound really odd because this, this miss at the time when the, we were watching this movie when we were teenagers was the biggest hit of the movie, okay? Okay. So, but now we're watching it 40 years later with different eyes as adults, as parents, as whatever. <laughs> I feel like the nudity in this movie was almost too much like it was yeah it became gratuitous like there was a lot of the scenes of nudity were not necessary like there were they were there because that's was the magazine and that's you know it was it was cutting edge at the time and it was you know breakaway and all of that and back at the time when we were kids obviously that was a big draw like that was you know you never saw anything like that but yeah. looking at it now i'm like that was it was totally on that like it didn't help the story at all like it didn't no it almost it almost became a distraction and i was like you just there was no need for it <laughs> so i i feel like it's as weird as that is to say i feel like it was it was too much so, yeah i i found that in the uh the movie it was like a sexualization of women at that time yes. like and, it, and you could feel it, it almost feels dirty because it's it uh it's because yeah. it's like they're they're the typical if you've ever opened up a playboy when you were a kid like the typical way an artist would draw a woman like with gigantic breasts and like just yeah. ridiculously like the figure and like it was just the whole thing and i yeah. found like it was it was like a little too much in this like it was it was like i think part of the problem they would have had i i would have bet at the time is that that would be expected if you're going to go see heavy metal and you've read the comic you're expecting some of that in the movie and it was uh but there was like total times when it wasn't necessary but it was there again the the movie is 40 years old so there was a different time in a different place. It just, it doesn't, it, it just doesn't land now at all. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. What else do you, what else do you have? Do you have any more hits? I, I'm not a big fan of like some of the animation in this. 
and okay. I don't like, okay, like, let's take the guys behind me, for instance. There's certain, like, in, in, in the cabbie, there's a there's a cabbie sequence at the beginning yes. um, with uh, Harry Canyon, which is, like, this cabbie, and he gets involved in this whole mess. It's just so, that animation is just so, like, dirty looking. Grimy. There's something, yes. they're grimy and dirty looking, and the characters just look so, like, dirty. Like, I don't know what yes. it is about it, that I just, it, it's, it's a little bit Ralph Bocci. Yes. A little bit and a little bit of um, Robert Crumb. Yeah. Like a kind totally. of a, like a very, a very product of the seventies look for animation yeah. and characters. And uh, I, that it was just, I had trouble in that first segment. I, I really struggled through the first one. Like, okay. I just was like, this is so annoying like to, to look at. Like the cabbie himself was irritating to look at like, <laughs> as a character. He was so annoying. And uh, I just, I really struggled. Luckily, when they did this, I they ended up just to save money. Apparently, I was reading they got other animation studios to like to do bits and like other parts of it. So yeah. there is a, a lot of a different look in some of the depending which ones you watch. So it's interesting that that's one of your misses because the animation for me is actually one of the hits. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I really like that. I'm a big fan of Ralph Bakshi. Um, as as Luke knows, we've we've watched a, a number of the Ralph Bakshi movies. And Ralph Bakshi, if you haven't heard of him he did um uh fritz the cat uh movies there were a couple of those um and he did one called heavy traffic oh heavy traffic that's uh, it. yeah, yeah that's the one heavy traffic and another one called coonskin and there's there's a number of them and they're all pretty racy like they're all they're they were this heavy metal movie probably wouldn't have happened without the ralph bakshi movies because he's the one who sort of kicked off the like fritz the cat is very very adult <laughs> even yeah. though it's cats that are starring in it, it's very adult but his, he did the first lord of the rings too yes the he did the, yes that's right the the one that combines all three books into one 90 minute movie <laughs> yes <laughs> but um but i really like so i really like his style of animation which is very dirty like it's very gritty and it looks very raw well, um, and so I really so that whole scene at the beginning with the cabbie, <laughs> I actually really liked it because yeah. to me it felt like like the whole the 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 place the location where they were was supposed to be this super rundown like New York slums kind of like dirty city that they that they lived in. So I to me that that like really raw feel of anim like raw style of animation fit that grittiness and dirtiness, and it made me feel like dirty the way it should have been because that's where they were located so and and like you said each of the segments kind of has a different style of animation which i thought was kind of cool because it it kept it fresh like it you weren't watching the same like if you didn't like that style of animation off the top and if it was the same all the way through it would have been hard to watch the whole thing yeah but i yeah. like that it did change up and um some of it became more realistic feeling and um some of it was fully cartoony uh, yeah it's it's but it's all hand drawn like there's no cgi there's no it's all hand hand drawn and it to me it's the the retro feel of it is is pretty cool so yeah so it's a hit the animation's a hit animus <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they use rotoscope a lot too or yes. not a lot but they use some of the rotoscope stuff in there as well which is where yeah. you draw over real footage right is that how yes. that works like yes that's yeah and and ralph actually i think might have been the one who invented that or not not invented it but perfected it um yeah. and he used it a lot in his in his movies and they did it with this one too so the animation feels sort of like the movements feel real and the the detail feels real but it's it's just a it's a very weird looking animation but i i actually quite liked it i thought it was i thought it was kind of cool <laughs> <laughs> that's fine there, 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 there were some segments that did look good like i did like the yeah. animation just that yeah. first one i was like oh no is this all going to be this like <laughs> this like creepy animation and it was like and it wasn't all like that so that was no good. no it really wasn't it really wasn't it's it, but it is definitely a product of its time like it's it's a cool looking thing it's definitely not pixar <laughs> no no not at all no. <laughs> well okay what else you have what, what, what i've got, got um the, the voice cast i gotta give a shout out like oh yes because ivan reitman produced this yes movie right so he yes. um who did ghostbusters he he produced it um there's like four sctv alum in it that do yes. voices um yes. joe flaherty eugene levy harold ramus and john candy all do voice. and john candy does like a, one major whole section of it and then a couple voices and some other and some of the other ones but yeah. um, i thought it, as soon as you hear john, john candy the, his voice work alone added so much to that whole sequence he was part of like it just he's so good it's it's true and his voice was like his voice was the only one that didn't 
that sounded like him. Like yeah. Eugene Levy, if I didn't know Eugene Levy was the voice of some of those characters, I don't think I would have known because he can change his voice a bit to sound like different things. But John Candy sounded just like John Candy. He did, totally 100% like John Candy. Yeah. And w- which was really cool. Like it, it, it is a, a cool throwback. Like it, it gives the movie some weight, if you know what I mean, to have yeah. those names in it. It's just not like an, a little independent movie. Um, yeah. And the fact that Ivan Reitman made this movie too it's like it's a legitimate film like it's not a like a little art house movie it's a legitimate like with a, with a good name good cast and yeah. and it's canadian too right like isn't it canadian yeah, production I think, I think it's considered canadian yeah 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 so it's i mean it really it really is breakthrough for i mean like i said it's not the first of its kind because ralph actually was doing uh was doing those things before he was but it just he wasn't doing it with the with the type of cast and the type of budget and the i mean nine million dollars for a animated movie back in 1981 i'm sure was a lot yeah you know so they really did put a a fair bit behind it um which was interesting and the fact that they you know were able to to license the the music and get all this this is cool the uh my last this is the last miss i have for this is uh though i love the anthology format i do like that in a lot of shows and things like that i just um there was i thought this was really uneven like yeah. i thought some of it was uneven as far as like the type of story um some of them seem to have like an ending or a point to them yeah. like it was just was, i don't like, i don't was, know that any i don't know that any of them actually had endings i was thinking the same thing as i was watching it they just sort of like would fade back into so that like there's there's the ongoing they, they cut back to this house where this little girl is being told by the Lochnar what's happening so in between each segment they cut back to the house and the Lochnar says now i'm going to tell you this story of evil from outer space so yeah they, but they but they never seem to end the segments they just kind of fade to back to the house <laughs> yeah like something yeah. would happen but it's not really like an ending like it yeah. was just sort of like well, this part was done and then they just sort of go like, I mean, some of them did have a, I guess a definite ending, but um, some of them didn't seem to, they just sort of like, it was almost like, oh, it's almost like a sketch. I just want to tell you this little piece of the story and then that's it. But the, uh, but no, it was good. I I enjoyed it. I generally enjoyed it, but did you have any other hits or misses for this? Um, I I only have one more hit. um, And that was, and I don't know why they did this or how they did this, how they licensed it, but there's one quick scene of outer space. And for whatever reason, the USS Enterprise from Star Trek flies by. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> I was like, what? What? It's literally on screen for probably two seconds or three seconds, but it's full, like almost full screen. So there's no way you can miss it. And it just flies by, but it has no, there's no context. It was just like, obviously somebody was a fan of Star Trek yeah. and was like, we got to put the, the uh, Enterprise in there. I didn't notice any Star Wars um, other than, I mean, I guess the fact that there was a like a droid on one of the in one of the segments was kind of like a an r2d2 or a c3po yeah. kind of thing but um and aliens in space but the fact that they had the actual uss enterprise <laughs> fly by i just thought that was a cool little nod to i, I wonder if they had to get that if they just threw it in there if they like or if they had to actually get the permission from like because I'm, I'm sure that, that whoever runs the star trek like um i can't remember who, who did star trek the uh, uh gene roddenberry Robert, like that's like their that's who licenses all that stuff. I'm yeah. sure they if they saw this movie, they'd be like, Yeah, no, we don't want to be associated with heavy you know, metal. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like I mean, it was definitely not on brand for Star Trek. <laughs> no, no, that's what I mean. Like, it'd be like, eh, I don't think yeah. so, but no, so I'm not really sure. Um, and the only other, the only other nod, and again, I don't know whether this was like an actual thing, but there was in one of the one of the segments, there was a like a council that had to make decisions. One of the members of the council was literally the spitting image of Dr. Strange. Um, he had dark hair with white, like white, like white across. He had a, like the goatee. He was wearing a, a robe, like a, like a, you know. Oh, that's like, awesome. He, like, I'm, I, like, there was no way that they did not steal that, that look from the marvel <laughs> comics i was like that is doctor like there's no way that's not doctor strange <laughs> that's, i'm sure there was that. a few things in there that we were like that if we watched it again you'd be like okay that looks like something or yeah. somebody or whatever but that's hilarious yeah. but that one I, I mean maybe it was just because we had just watched the movie so it was kind of top of mind but yeah after looking i'm like there is no way that they did not 
put him they did not copy that that uh, character <laughs> that's, that's hilarious yeah, that's kind of cool <laughs> but, that's yeah, awesome yeah. so what do, you, what do you think what do you think in general like so with the pop capacitor obviously we're, we're gonna we're gonna say if this stands up if this holds up over after all these years what's what are your final thoughts on this well i mean i think it's because i i grew up with this this movie and there were a lot like a lot of years that i didn't see it seeing it again i i still really like it i still think it's it's really cool just purely for the nostalgia thing like it like i said some of it is really inappropriate and doesn't translate to today but for me it still holds up i still i still find it really cool uh so yeah i I think it's i think it's i think it's definitely worth a watch if you haven't watched it in a while yeah i think it's it sits on the fence for me but because of the influence it had because of like i mean just to get this movie up and running and get this on the screen um, I think I, I, I have to give it a, like, it, it's, it's worth a watch. Like, I think it's definitely worth seeing if you've never seen it. Um, yeah. It's like, I mean, it is a sci-fi movie, essentially fantasy sci-fi. It's in my wheelhouse is the kind of stuff I like as far as I love like fantasy and Conan and all that kind of stuff. And it's, there's a lot of that in this. Um, it just like, again, it's hard. One thing that's like hard for me based um, is just how animation doesn't really stand the test of time like a movie could like it's just right. it's it, just because they just weren't up to like this weren't up the standards that they're at now like with a pixar movie but i yeah. mean it looks pretty good like it looks pretty yeah. good and they did a good job with it i think and it's it was it's just an odd choice of a movie to to make yes but it was like i mean i don't know who was like really like oh we got to make a heavy metal movie like it's but i don't know i saw it, i saw it i saw it in a list of it was an interesting list of um, I can't remember what else was in it, but it was a top 10 list of movies that fans clamored to have made. And then no one went and saw it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's true too. Cause there's a lot of movies like that where people are like, Oh man, you, you got to make a sequel to this or you got to do this. And then it comes out and then like, like the matrix and no one goes and sees it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like but everyone's like, Oh, you got to make another matrix movie. But the, uh, well, so that was, like, that was kind of interesting. Like, that's the thing. Like that magazine was obviously when it came out geared towards adults, like it wasn't a kid's magazine, but an animated movie is usually geared towards kids. So yeah. who, I'm not sure who would have gone to, to see it. Like, you know, would adults in the eighties flock to a movie theater to see a, a cartoon? Uh, even though there is, you know, nudity and whatever and violence in it, would they do that? And obviously it was too, it was rated in such a way that kids couldn't go or yeah. So I'm not really sure who the audience would have been for a movie, like for the, for the, magazine i could see because adults would buy it and take it home in the privacy of their own home whatever but yeah it's it you know but i think it's definitely found a cult status now yeah and it's, i it, like i'm sure that it's made its budget back yeah. <laughs> over I, the years i think I, for me it was like it started like I, when i first started watching it again i'm like oh no this is not gonna be good <laughs> but it grew on me as the movie went on and i enjoyed yeah. it by the end but it, yeah. it was the beginning I, I struggled with but that's just because it was little like the I, again like I, the animation the first segment i wasn't a big fan of and yeah. but it, it grew on me as it went so it's it's definitely worth like um like watching for sure if you're if you yeah. are into sci-fi or or fantasy movies it's definitely it should be on your list and where where did you if people are looking for it, where did you find it i got it on apple i rented it off um on apple Oh, okay. or iTunes, so, iTunes like yeah iTunes. because it's it's not streaming anywhere like we we actually looked at all the streaming services it doesn't seem to be streaming anywhere but you can rent it from uh from iTunes or or uh, like we said we can you can purchase the uh the 4k steelbook which of course I did because <laughs> how many how many versions of this do you have is the question well, I, I actually I actually have uh just two I've got the the original uh, DVD uh yeah. that came out and now I have the uh the 4k uh blu-ray uh steelbook and this deal of course you do that's like me i have to get it like in 18 different versions even if i don't need it it's just like yep. <laughs> you just have to have it you just have to have you, it you really even do. i even i don't even own this movie i'm like i should get this movie now even though i was i wasn't even that great a fan of it but i'm like it's it seems like something I need to own in my collection. Yep. So <laughs> it's a classic. <laughs> well, that's our pop capacitor. And uh, again, join us on our socials. I've, I've been putting things up on Twitter at least, and yep. some of the you others once in a while. Yeah, I've you've been, been putting, doing good at that. Yeah, I've been I've been trying to put stuff up. So uh, follow us, and if you have any suggestions for movies to watch, you can always do that as well. We'd always love to hear from you. And uh, before we go, I just want to mention one more thing: that Colin Cantwell passed away. And uh, for those that don't know him, he designed the original like Death Star and the X-wing and the Y-wing and the Tie Fighter. 
um, I believe the A-Wing. Um, like he, he was the original designer. He did the all the concept art for all of the, for most of the ships in Star Wars, as well as the Death Star. Um, and he was actually, he was actually touring, like doing fan, like co comic cons up until like last year. Cause I, fo I follow him on, um, on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, um, and he was doing, he was doing fan expos or, I mean, sorry, comic cons uh, up until just last year. And then he got sick uh, a, a couple of weeks ago or a couple months ago. And, uh, and just, he was 90 years old. Uh, yeah. and just just passed away but um if you if you're interested in looking at his stuff or even purchasing because you can purchase um prints of his original concepts if you go to colincantwell.com um all of his prints and they're not they're not very expensive you can get them like signed actual signed versions for like 50 dollars um oh really of, yeah of prints because uh, i've looked because <laughs> i'm like <laughs> of course you have get one of these. <laughs> uh, but right now unfortunately i don't believe they're shipping to canada um yeah. so if you're canadian unfortunately i don't think you can get them shipped here but uh but anyway it's it's really interesting to look at the original designs for these ships so yeah i'm glad you mentioned that yeah. yeah, I just wanted to mention it because it's like sometimes some of these people fall through the cracks and it's like it kind of an, yeah. if you're a fan of Star Wars, I mean, it's like he had the stuff that we remember from that is he, he helped design. So I think that's yeah. or did design. So that's I think that's awesome. I also just want to give one last shout out to a couple of cons. We went to um, a con ourselves, like one of the first cons of the year that we've been to. That's kind of gives me the feeling like the cons are back. Uh, we so we went to uh, we we got a chance to go see uh, see Shockstock in London. Yeah. It's, it's it's London's biggest horror uh, convention, uh, and they've had to postpone obviously. So we went to it this year, and and it just felt like going home, being being with the con <laughs> con family. Uh, <laughs> it was it was so great to uh, to be back, and and that was that was awesome. Which means you know, things are coming up. And in the next couple of weeks, uh, we're going and actually about two weeks, we're going to be at the Niagara Falls Comic-Con. Yeah, uh, that's going to be a big one. Uh, yeah. So that and the celebrity, uh, the celebrities are back. I just want to give a quick shout out to you to Deep River Geek Fest, yes. um, who are friends of the show. And they, they had a great weekend. It was just this past weekend and, and uh, they did really well. So that's awesome. People are, people are wanting to go back out now and and be entertained and be part of the, the geek community and see everybody they know. And um, yeah, Niagara Falls Comic Con coming up. I'm super excited. We'll be at that and we'll have some stuff from that as well. So yeah. excellent. So that's, I guess that's it for the show. We've done it. That's We've done it. the heavy metal. We've heavy yep. metaled it. We've done we everything we can do. <laughs> we, we might, our next show might involve, involve more flying ships. We, oh. I'm just going to put that out there. I don't want to give anything away, but it's All right, don't give possible. anything away. Don't give anything it's away. It's possible that we might talk about flying ships. I don't know. People will look it up and go, okay, I know what they're doing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's it for us. Uh, thanks for watching. Loop and Larry, Guardians of Geek. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Produced by Matthew C. Loop and Lawrence Simner. A Loop and Larry production. Bueller. He likes it. Hey, Mikey. Bueller. Bad news. Fog is getting thicker. And Leon's getting larger. Inconceivable. Brian's right. It's an elf. Wax on. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? Oh, Captain. My Captain. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Wax off.